Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, we've had a, a couple of weeks hiatus uh, on some vacation time, and now we're back, and, and we're going to get to talk about a topic that is so important. You know, we, we get this a lot on the big show during the week, and if you're not familiar with that, if this is your your only experience with us, this 45-minute podcast, uh, we uh, host a uh, radio show that is uh, heard on a bunch of radio stations around the country and streaming services and YouTube and all that. You can find out more by going to Rick and Bubba, spell out the word and.com. And on that weekly show and daily show, uh, you know, people so many times they'll call and say, you know, I just don't feel like we appreciate uh, veterans. We don't appreciate those that have, uh, you know, paid the price for the freedom that is never paid for. As you said many times, it's a lease. You know, what are some of the things that we can do? And, and after they've served us and after they've been through trauma, uh, none of us feel like we do a very good job of taking care of them. There are those all kinds of debates about that. I know the government always says, well, you know, if you vote for me, I'll take care of our veterans. And, <laughs> you know, it just seems like that never really happens or it's not really ever well right. done. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times you have to take this burden on uh, yourself and say, well, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own, and we're going to meet such a person, uh, Major Scott Husing, who has uh, served our country, and I'm talking about serving, <clears throat> served as well as a proven combat leader. He's retired United States Marine Corps Infantry, a major, 24 years of honorable service, good night, both enlisted and as a commissioned officer. Uh, Ten deployments uh, over uh, over 60 countries, Numerous deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, the Horn of Africa. Uh, he has conducted and led and, and planned uh, hundreds of combat missions under some of the most challenging conditions. He is the best-selling author, and we'll talk about this, of his book, Echo in Ramada, uh, the first-hand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. So uh, can we just uh, welcome Scott Husing to the Rick and Bubba Show. Major, welcome to uh, the Rick and Bubba University podcast. Hey, great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Well, we we appreciate your service to the country. Sounds like you uh, you, you've you've done your duty. <laughs> I did what uh, millions of other great Americans from a very small segment of our population have done, and uh, proud to have served along so many uh, amazing men and women during my twenty four years. So, thank you. Speaking of those, um, we, we will get to a way that all of us as Americans can join you to try to help those who have been through so much uh, in in the line of duty. But but let's let's spend the first part of the podcast talking about the book uh, Echo in Ramada, Ramadi. So tell us uh, about the the book for those who who have have never heard of it. It's obviously done quite well. Uh, you were there. What were you hoping to accomplish, um, and, and what will I find if I'm watching or listening to this podcast uh, if, if I dive into this book? The, the book, although you look at the cover design and you can see it, it's got this uh, badass Marine on the cover. It looks like he's going to kick your door in in the middle of the night, which we are trained to do. But honestly, I, I wrote that book uh, as a, a tribute to the brave men and women and the families and all the people that support us while we fought under some of the most uh, dire conditions in the deadliest city of Iraq. But the book has really become more about this power of human connection that we share together by knowing so many similar people. And it, it, it speaks to leadership and team building and overcoming adversity under some of the most challenging conditions. And I've been <clears throat> tremendously fortunate that, uh, We've had a lot of success in sharing that story, 
And it's, it's been a real, a, a real honor for me uh, because I wrote the book not only to really capture an important piece of military history that I was afraid would get lost uh, under the, the, the cover of other significant battles throughout military history, but really it's an important piece about people. And that's what the, sh- the story shares. So when, when you when you put this out, I know that when you talk about you, you had different deployments, but obviously Iraq and Afghanistan, there's so much political back and forth on, on both of these places. And obviously it's like we started out after the attack on 9-11 and everybody was all in. Yeah. Uh, and then when you guys started doing what would be our response to being attacked, uh, o- over time, it, it started becoming more and more political, and I know that's not the first time that's happened with conflict. I, my father-in-law is a Vietnam veteran, and he talked about what it was like when you're serving and you're just, you're trying to stay alive and you're trying to complete your mission, and all of a sudden all the politics and the politicians and all the people start uh, playing games with really what is your life. <laughs> and um, and, and d- is that one of the reasons, and you kind of seem to allude to it with the book, that we need resources like from people like you that were there to be sure that we understand the truth versus some of the propaganda that goes with all this? There was a lot of controversy, especially after we pulled out miserably from Afghanistan yes. and having served in both theaters. Uh, my message was the same to every veteran that served at the ground level, uh, at the tactical level, is they were absolutely 100% uh, and should be justifiably proud of what they did because for them, it was mission success and they won. I'll make no mistake about that. The failures lie at the strategic and, and political and administrative levels. And despite what your affiliations are politically, and I'm very apolitical, I don't dive too deep into it, but the wars in both countries were really lost, not by one, not by two, but by three administrations. So this is a long war that we fought over 20 years and lost thousands of lives and even triple, quadruple that in suicides after they came home. So for us at the ground level, the guys kicking the doors in and and doing all those things and also feeling some of the, some of the fallout of those administrative decisions it, it really was, like you said, a matter of survival every single day, because when we were fighting in Ramadi, it was against a very well-trained enemy force at the height of the insurgency in 2006 and 2007. And it wasn't a matter of if we were going to get in contact or, or fight. It was when and how often. And on most days, it was three, four or five times a day in direct contact with a very well-trained insurgent force. And had it not been for the leadership at every single level from my lieutenants down to the most junior Marines and soldiers that fought under my command of over 250 soldiers and Marines, I wouldn't be talking to you today because I'll tell you guys, those men took care of each other and me better than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. So out of all the deployments I had, that fight and that deployment was as an infantry company commander at the time, probably the pinnacle of my career. But again, you're in survival mode, so you're not thinking about politics. You're thinking about making sure that you're getting the mission accomplished. Uh, and you know, for me, my metric of success was bringing as many Marines home alive as possible. 
Major, let, let me ask you this. I mean, I guess in a perfect world, it would be great if every soldier was back home in the U.S., but being deployed, being around the world kind of goes with a job. And, you know, to the people that thought we needed to bring the soldiers home out of those two uh, combat zones, um, I never really understood the thought process on that when we still have military bases in Germany and Japan. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Bubba, you are lighting candles in my church because uh, I wrote an article about that and the fact that we were, had been extremely poor students of history wow. looking at our successes in the European and and uh, in, in Pacific Rim theaters of operation during World War II, where we not only went in and conducted conventional war, but we stayed long after to rebuild and really show them what right looks like. And I think that at the outset of both wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, we didn't have a plan for that. It was almost a plan for failure. And I think if we look back at our history and, and had been good students of our history, wouldn't be reeling from some of the, the criticisms and the, the sense of loss and, and despair that some of the veterans have, that the American citizens have about our, our misgivings of going into Iraq and Afghanistan. But I think it was a proven method of what right looks like. Because I'll tell you, one of the things Marines are great at is we go in and we're, we're masters at breaking stuff up. But right. you know what we're really bad at? Building stuff up. All right, right. So we didn't have people in place. And, and I'm a, a firm sub subscriber to you have to have the right person for the right job for the right reason. And I don't care what you have in between your legs. I care what you have in between your ears as far as being a great leader on the ground and, and making change and improvement to an entire culture, you know, two different cultures that we really disrupted over 20 years. So that, that was an important oversight, I think, in the grand scheme of things. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Major Scott Husing on this edition of Rick and Bubba University. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Back on Rick and Bubba University, our, our guest is Major Scott Husing. Uh, Scott uh, wrote the book Echo and Ramadi, and you can get it um, you know, wherever books are sold. But we were talking about what you and I have talked about on the show, Bubba, and uh, apparently the, the major agrees. You know, this this notion that somehow we, we go in, we get into this conflict, and then we just leave, 
that certainly was not our plan of success in the wars that we're all very proud of, right, and, right. and and we see great long term success. Two two of our best allies now, right? And and so we agree on that. But I want to get in since you being a leader on the ground with infantry, with Marines, and and with soldiers. So, what kind of person are you looking for? And what does a person have to have? And I know we're going to get to the latter half of the podcast where you're going to say, well, some of them are struggling, and we, we know that, and we want to talk about how we can help. But what what what, are, what does a person have to have to be in that kind of conflict and, and handle those situations as a Marine or a soldier? What are you looking for as their leader? Well, I, over my 24 years, I could teach people a lot of things. Rick, I could teach you how to shoot your rifle straighter, how to run faster, but I could never teach Marines one thing. I could never teach them how to care. And if you care at the beginning and end of every day, that's really what sets you apart, uh, no matter what your job is in the military. And our military organization, service-wide, does a phenomenal job taking less than one half of 1% of the entire American population of over 330 million people and screening them and training them. And it is the best talent that we have. And we're in a state right now in America that our military recruiting establishment is really suffering. And I've really taken it upon myself to try and help solve those problems by working with some private companies to help our military recruiting establishment bring in the best and brightest talent. But the people that I had under my command and any commander under those types of circumstances they're some of the best trained, the smartest young men and women. They're innovative and aggressive. And I think they don't shy away from that. And that's one of the great things that the Marine Corps does, especially, is those are the types of people we want. Fearless, aggressive. And, you know, the other thing that they do well is Marines take orders very well. And before they were thrust into that type of environment. You know, I sat all of my Marines down uh, before we crossed the line of departure. And I I did one thing. I ordered them to kill. And that's not a natural act to take another human life. And I never wanted them to hesitate when it came time for them to put the stock of that rifle in their shoulder, look through the sights and make that life changing decision for both that they would do it and squeeze that trigger. And because they're masters of so many things, but also taking orders, I wanted that burden to be mine and and not theirs. And that was not an original thought. It came from years of great mentorship and leaders that I had benefited from as well. Major, the the recruitment problem, and that that has been well documented and talked about. Uh, when you're when you're having those kind of issues, what 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 do you think is the biggest holdup to the recruitment numbers we're not meeting right now? What what do you think is the biggest problem? Well, there are multiple facets to this uh, crisis, and I'm not even going to call it a problem because I I was having a good friend of mine talk to the commanding general of the U.S. Army Recruiting Command, and and he was very specific. He said, is it a problem or is it a crisis? He says, no, it's a crisis. The U.S. Army failed to recruit 22,000 soldiers last year. The Marine Corps said they made their goal, but what we really did was we adjusted the total force requirements, but every single service branch is suffering, not just from recruiting, but also from a retention aspect. And I've been involved with a, a phenomenal tech company that has has stopped 
selling uh, the potential to sell their tech to the commercial sector because they understand that this problem is greater than the reward will ever be. So we're trying to present this tech solution from an HR and recruiting aspect to make it easier to get tech into the hands of the recruiters on the ground so they have you know, all of the means necessary that they have the tools to fight and win at their level in this recruiting war. Because this technology by Revy is really something that's revolutionary. It's kind of the new uh, way to win on the digital frontier of recruiting. And that's what our Gen Z need. That's what Gen, Gen Y is gonna need, Gen A in the future. So we're trying to do whatever we can to help stem this crisis because we can't wait another two, three, five years for this problem and those numbers to repeat, especially with near peer adversaries threatening us and playing chicken in open seas with U.S. Navy warships. We just don't have the time. You know, I'm just shocked that the drag queen videos didn't bump our numbers up. Oh, my Aren't goodness. You? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, there's such a disconnect, it seems, between the people like you, Major, who are doing the job and the people, and I have to apologize for the civilians that's in charge, they just don't get it. I, I don't. I don't know in their wildest dreams where they thought this is an answer to a problem we've got. When that kind of uh, of tactic is the problem with the numbers. Again, there's so many different opinions getting filtered into those at the decision making level. Uh, you know that we don't have an opinion on. But in the veteran community, I will say this: is there's a lot of guys out there. And I've been retired for almost 10 years now that you, my, my position is this, guys, you can either sit around and talk about the problem and complain like some old gray beard that I walked uphill both ways in the snow and carried water. <laughs> and I, I had it harder than this generation. That, that's a load, man, because everybody has the potential to make an impact and a change from where they sit as a veteran after they leave military service that you can still make a change. You can still make an impact and you can still lead. Because I'll tell you what, on my commission, there's no expiration date. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm still in a capacity where I can get out in front of people and share a message and, and try and make a difference as an American. And I think that, you know, we need more of that in this culture. And I think it's an information management piece, not only through mainstream media, but that's why it's so great to be on programs like this, guys, is because we're talking about things that matter. We're having a discussion. And it's important that every single American understands that without recruiting and inspiring the best and brightest young Americans, the value of military service, we're going to have some real problems. And without our military, we have no national defense. It's a strategic imperative. And without that, nobody enjoys free market enterprise. That's the big picture. Yeah. It's a reality that's right on our doorstep because I love getting in front of crowds of eight people or 8,000 people and talking about, you know, this rhetoric, how I sleep well at night, knowing that I trained this generation of warfighters that are manning the rails of these ships and machine guns now. But I'll be honest, that rhetoric will change if we don't start improving our recruiting and retention efforts. It's just a fact. Well, I will tell you this, and you know this, and it sounds like you're, you're being very helpful because you're, you're 100% right. And and I and I in my humble opinion, but you know we we've been doing marketing for a long time, and I have young males that are at the age that 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 you know they would be considering, you know, serving in the military, 
And the, the thing you got to understand about the young people of the day, and you hit on it, we can trash them and talk about them, say they're not tough, say they're not this, say they're not that. And there's certainly some truth to some of them. But it doesn't represent all of them, and that's the ones you want, the ones it doesn't represent. But let me tell you what the message they want to hear. They are not like us. They, they, are not, they, they really have no interest in having a big house, multiple cars, lots of money, uh, wearing the, 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 the latest trends. Their big, big goal is for their life to matter. They want to be involved in things that matter. And they make a lot of efforts at things just searching for their life to mean something. They do not chase the American dream the way we did growing up about a prestigious job, prestigious car, prestigious house. That doesn't mean anything to them. Th- stuff doesn't mean anything to them. What they want is for their life to matter. And what the military needs to do is to communicate to the best of these generations that serving in this branch of the military, whichever one they feel called to, matters. If you want to have a life that matters, here is a place where your life will matter. But then we got to do the job on the problems we talked about from the civilian end that when they hear that message, they actually believe it, uh, that if they go and sacrifice themselves, it matters. And, and, and I know that'll get into the last half of what we're talking about. I think what really bothers people is when they, they do this and they feel called to do it and they answer the call, they're not looking for applause, but they are looking for us, the American people and the civilian leadership to tell our military when we decide to get involved in a conflict, go win. I couldn't agree more. It, it, you're 100% spot on. And that type of messaging, I think, is relatively absent from uh, how we're addressing this generation. And one of the things we've really been talking about in this conversation is how to do things this way, not the way we used to do it, and adapt and, and improve and, and provide this technology so we bridge those gaps that traditional antiquated methods really uh, thought were effective because I'll be honest, I talked to the guys all around my community, the way I was recruited when I enlisted in the Marine Corps with pull-up bars and, and guys in uniforms. And, you know, I picked up the phone and heard my buddies wrote me into joining the Marines that that's gone. We have a new digital frontier and every 17 year old lives on their phone and that's where we need to access them digitally. And there's another problem that we've identified too. And you tipped into it was, our legacies, uh, people like me and others that have children are almost hesitant to really be the best endorsers of what military right. service provides and the benefits, and, and they're apprehensive to tell their kids to join. And I don't think that's indicative or an indictment on military service itself or any of the branches. I really think it's an indictment on the senior and administrative leadership yes. and the, the lack of of, of clarity and messaging that they present on the global international stage about what our nation's military is capable of, and then the benefits from it. And that's what we are trying to do is, you know, we'll tip into this with the ride and what we do in the nonprofit is really share the greatness of what our generation is doing. Well, I, I, and just real quick, I'll tell you, I, I had a young man ask me not too long ago. It's back when the, we were pulling out of Afghanistan, we had all that debacle on TV and I was asked, how can we defeat two world powers at the same time in four years and stay 
in a, in Afghanistan 20 years and have to pull out the way we did in embarrassment? And that's a hard question to answer. I mean, I know the answer, but it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? It's extremely difficult. And again, I mentioned the right person for the right job for the right reason. We really failed strategically about having some sort of plan to really build those nations back up after we left. And again, Guys, it's a little bit of American hubris to think that we're going to go back into Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, uh, you know, civilizations and cultures that have been around for 4,000 years. And it's a little bit of American hubris to think we're going to change that culture. And people will talk about, uh, you know, having Iraqi democracy or Afghan democracy. There's only one flavor of democracy. It's not American. It's not British. It's not French. It's democracy. It only comes in one flavor. And we didn't empower them with the right tools and the timeline to really establish that. And we look back at American history and again, uh, you know, Americans being Americans, it's a fast food nation. We want fast cash, fast cars, fast promotions, fast democracy. So we really didn't have the patience uh, at the at, at the back end of these wars to really employ those plans. And I don't think we did at the outset, to be quite honest. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation uh, with uh, Scott uh, Husing when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right. So buyraycon.com. Go there right now. Uh, buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba pod. We're going to save you 15%. Bubba, I mean, people are in love. We had a guy call the show, the big show this week, and say, hey, how, how, how do my Raycon ear, earbuds sound? Uh, I hear y'all loud and clear. The, the <laughs> audio pretty good. Yeah. Well, and the reason why is you know premium audio brands. We want those earbuds are part of our lives now. We're all listening to content. We're listening to our music. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're listening to podcasts like this. But we we sometimes can be duped into we have to pay a certain amount of money to get high quality audio on our earbuds because it has somebody's name on it. That really isn't true. Um, Buyraycon.com slash Rick and Bubba Pod. These earbuds from Raycon are as good as any and better than most. And let me tell you this. They're about half the price. And because you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, we can get you an additional 15% off at that URL. Uh, buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba Pod. You're moving around. There's a lot going on in the summer. They have the, the adjustable gel tips. They, they're much more comfortable. They have 32 hours of battery life, eight hours of playtime. Uh, you can listen to what you want for about half the price of the other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And they have a 40 day, 45 day happiness guarantee. So you really can't lose. Go get yours now. Buyraycon.com slash Rick and Bubba pod for an additional 15% off. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, our guest, uh, the author of Echo and Ramadi, that we're talking to Scott Husing. And, uh, and of course, Scott's been telling us, we've been talking a lot, but we do want to be sure that we get into one of the main reasons we were going to talk to you today, and, and that is uh, Ride for the Brave and uh, your incredible organization called SaveTheBrave.org. So unfortunately, Major, uh, we do have a tremendous number of veterans that are committing suicide, uh, and and they're, they're, they're traumatized by what they've been through, and then, of course, some of the uh, morale problems when they see the politics of it all and they begin to question, you know, was this worth it and all the things that happened to me. Talk to us a little bit about Save the Brave. 
We started Save the Brave like many things in the veteran space, which were born through loss and, and, and tragedy uh, when one of my squad leaders committed suicide and we supported the family mm -hmm. by flying Marines up and taking care of them. And then decided we wanted to do more like most. And we took some guys offshore fishing. That was eight years ago. And since then, we've uh, done that every year. Last year, we had 32 offshore fishing trips. We have a jujitsu program and a scholarship fund for the children of veterans and deserving family members who committed suicide. And then the ride for the brave again was born out of tragedy, sadly, when I lost a good friend from high school, a uh, Navy veteran, and his mom asked me to go to South Carolina and give the eulogy. Hi to COVID, no flights. I hopped on my Harley and through the network and just the overwhelming support, this ride, which is only an event that we do nine cities in nine days, it turned into this Forrest Gump-like event where <laughs> riders would come out on the road and every stop there was hundreds. And, and here today, where we're doing the show from is at Marty, Marty B's place in Bartonville, Texas. Marty Bryan is a dear friend. He's a tremendous supporter of our veteran community. And I'm up in his uh, private suite doing the show, but this is one of our stops on the ride. And I'll give you a quick example of how impactful this is to me, because if there's been one thing that the ride has shown is that it exposes the best of the human condition from me being ambushed at a gas station by the son of a veteran who reached in his pocket after eavesdropping on our social media post and hands me 40 bucks and says, man, I, I just want to say thank you and buy your next tank of gas. And I almost cry telling that story every time, but mm. that is one of the best examples. But when I rolled into Dallas, my radio operator, Chris Muscle, who's a firefighter, he's written in, in the book, in Echo and Ramadi, he said that they saved this place from burning down one night. So Marty was a little bit indebted to those guys. And <laughs> it's a great story of, you know, bringing a community together. But when I rolled in the first year, I tell you what, and this is to every veteran listening who thinks there's no support out there for the veteran community. We pit stop at American Eagle Harley in Corinth, and there was 200 motorcycles and Lake City Fire, Denton County Sheriff, Argyle Fire Department, first responders, rolling red lights through North Dallas for about 45 minutes. And then we pull in here to Marty B's place, live music, a thousand people, huge flags from ladder trucks. And I tell you, when I was rolling in, I looked in that tiny piece of glass on my handlebars and at the row of bikes behind me. And I thought, this is, this is support. It doesn't get any clearer than this in that tiny piece of glass. And we've done that for the past four years. This is our fourth year riding. I'll be taking off next week from Temecula, California, all the way across the country again this year to Savannah, Georgia. And we'll be in your home state on Monday, July 24th at Saluria Brewing. And those guys are just knocking it out of the park. Uh, our good friend, Brian Singer, who introduced us uh, as well so we could do this show. He's going to be there with a, with a ton of veterans. Uh, Hellfighters Bike Club rides me in and out of town. It's just going to be a phenomenal event. But that's where we started, what we've done over the last eight years, and kind of where we're at right now. So one of the things I, I really never thought about this until you, you laid this out, you're obviously you know raising awareness and, and funds to help these families and, and these veterans, but I, I really didn't think about what you just presented. One of the things, if I was a veteran who had been in the, in the front of all this and the action and the trauma, this is also showing me 
that there is a tremendous amount of support for what I did. Uh, Americans do care about what I did, and they do appreciate what I did because Bub and I talk about this on the main show a lot. You saw this happen with Bud Light and some of these other companies. I think right now we've got to do a better job of talking to people about the real world because I think they're believing in a fake world where, uh, you know, just like you look at that, you know, the, the, these companies are being told by these people in the fake world that, oh, this, the world has changed and you got to cater to this and this is what everybody's into now. And then all of a sudden they put the marketing plan out there. It's a total disaster. And they're like, wait a minute, I just put together a marketing plan for the fake world. It was a total failure in the real world. And it's almost like you're doing the opposite. Hey, veterans, I know it may look bad and you see all this stuff out there. I'm going to show you in the real world that your fellow countrymen love you. We're not only doing that, bringing the communities that need to meet these warriors yeah. that fought and are active duty service members and first responders. But I'll, I'll be honest, uh, the whole impetus of my involvement with this recruiting crisis too started with a friend of mine when I was down here in Dallas about all of the darkness and sadness and, and people drowning on commercials and parading amputees across Super Bowl commercials. We got to stop that. And I have been banging this drum now recently to really change that messaging and focus on the greatness of our veteran community and all of the amazing things they're doing. They're restaurant owners, they're businessmen, they're PhDs, they're writers sometimes and authors. And we have to focus on that. And I'll tell you why. It's just what we talked about earlier is that this negative messaging about what's happening in the veteran nonprofit space is having a very direct and indirect impact on our military recruiting establishment because you get this. What 17-year-old wants to tune in and they don't even watch commercials anymore anyway. So those are dead. We don't watch commercials, but when they see a person who serves their country for four years and they, they lose a limb or, you know, uh, you know, they have wind up living under a bridge. Oh yeah. Where do I sign? You know, <laughs> let, yeah. Let me join. So we have a real responsibility as people of influence and some semblance of notoriety or whatever the hell you want to call it to really show this young generation and, and the future that there is so much greatness out there and getting those testimonials. I mean, you're talking to a guy who barely graduated high school with a 1.24 GPA and uh, managed to do much better in college. But I say that not as, uh, you know, to be super uh, humble and, and have a you know true confession on air, but it highlights the discipline and the culture of the military and how they change people from where I was to where I am now. And I think it's it. My story is one of many that are very similar to that. But we we do have a bad messaging problem in the veteran nonprofit space. But this ride, when we take off next week on Tuesday from California, we're going to connect thousands of veterans. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. Yes, it's a fundraiser. We want people to go to SaveTheBrave.org and donate because we can't do it without your support. But it's really about the connection because we connect veterans. And I got perseverating on that goal of fundraising a couple of years ago. And my partner just grabbed me by the stack and swivel and said, hey, sir, don't worry about the money. It's not about the money. We have connected thousands yeah. of veterans. And last year, over 10,000 veterans on this ride. So it's a really cool event to get out and, and meet so many amazing people. And there'll be celebrities along the way that show up and Every one of these nine cities we do in nine days, it's just a tremendous turnout. And we're very fortunate to have a lot of support that we do from Marty B's place here in Texas, 
all the guys in Alabama at Saluria Brewing. And then we've got, I, I have to share this. We just, my merchandise uh, friend just brought these in oh, yeah. from Grunt Style. They showed up here in Texas, which they donated and also sent a thousand Grunt Style t-shirts. I'm sure your listeners are familiar with Grunt Style. They are a veteran founded, veteran owned company. And Grunt Style has jumped on board and embraced Save the Brave for this ride because it's part of their culture and they love us. So we're, we're just really very fortunate to have a ton of support, but I think that's the message this year is, you know, celebrate the greatness of what veterans are doing. Amen. We'll come back. We'll finish this uh, all important conversation with major Scott Husing when Rick and Bubba university, the podcast continues. All right. So Bubba, let's talk a little bit about Patriot mobile. And I am hearing uh, that the listeners of this podcast and the viewers of this podcast have really uh, responded. And boy, today it really works, doesn't it? Talking about being patriots. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage to all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area. But Bubba, you get it without the woke politics. Oh, oh don't we don't we long why for that? Why <laughs> am I sending my money to these people? They and, don't reflect my views. They don't reflect my politics. Why am I making them rich? And then you start thinking, well, I don't have any choices. No, well, I'm going to tell no. you, when it comes Sometimes to wireless, you don't. when it comes to wireless and your cell service, you do. 100% US-based customer service team. We've talked about that a lot. Making switching easy. Uh, and I will tell you this, if you uh, of course, are a military veteran uh, or currently serving in the military or you're a first responder. Uh, they've even got special deals just for you, okay? And look, they're telling you this. If, you, if you'd start with them and you don't think it's as good as what you had before, then they'll switch you back at no charge to you. But you are going to love it. And it's, it's all the, the service you need without having to compromise your, your, your beliefs in the Second Amendment, the sanctity of life, uh, free speech, religious freedom. So go to patriotmobile.com right now slash Rick Bubba. Let's get you set up. You get to keep your phone too and your number if you want to. Okay. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Rick Bubba or you can call them 878 Patriot. We're back wrapping up uh, the last segment of this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Our guest, Major Scott Husing, he's also the author of Echo in Ramadi. Now, now, Scott, I want to hit this ride for the brave. You mentioned it as we went into the break there. Yeah, how can people listening right now get involved, and how can they be a part of it? Yeah. Great question. Go to savethebrave.org, and on our events tab, you just click down. It says Ride for the Brave. We have a peer-to-peer sign-up sheet. Uh, again, we're doing nine cities in nine days. We have teams built out for every city. We've got team leaders in every city. And you can, you can click and join a team. You can start your own fundraiser right through that. Uh, but also, if you want to join us at one of the events, you just go to savethebrave.org, click on our events. It has a full list, addresses, and times that we'll be rolling in. And again, when we, when we hit these stops, I tell you, uh, some of them are smaller, but some of them are just so off the hook. And I tell you, I, I'm really looking forward to being in your state on Monday July 24th at Saluria Brewing because the guys from the American Legion Riders and the Hellfighters Bike Club, they're going to pick me up in Meridian, Mississippi and ride me all the way into the state. There you go. Then we're going to throw, we're going to, we're going to have a great time at Saluria Brewing, which is owned by retired Colonel Danny Sample, U.S. Army. He's been supporting me since year one. 
And then uh, we'll throw down all night and uh, someone will grab me and put me to bed because I got to wake up the next morning, rinse and repeat. And then uh, we're off to Fairburn, Georgia. But uh, if you want to find out more about what we do, just go to savethebrave.org and click the events tab, ride for the brave, and you guys will be dialed in. And if anybody needs to get a hold of me on social media and ask questions, they can always find me at Echo and Ramadi on Instagram and DM. I'm, I'm really responsive uh, getting back to people's questions. And, and if I'm not, someone, somebody will for sure. Well, and, and looking, it starts on July 18th and goes through the 26th of July, according to when you're hearing or, or watching this. And it really covers, Bubba, when you look at the show, a lot of different markets. Now, we're excited because Bubba and I actually live in, in the Birmingham area, so July 24th is when they'll actually be where we where we live. And you, you were talking about celebrities coming out. Bubba, this is where Speedy – I mean, this is Speedy's world right here. I mean, this is his community. And, uh, yep. I mean, I, I'm picturing him out there on maybe a, maybe a Harley of his choice. Uh, not that he can drive it. Let's not go that far, Scott. <laughs> but uh, but maybe he gets to sit on one and get a picture made. Uh, and obviously, it's not far from where we live. So be. Uh, but we you can follow the timeline by going to that website. And Scott, uh, you picked a good warm time of the year yes, to head through did. Arizona, you, Texas, yeah, Alabama, did. and all. So you, well, you ought to be plenty. Warm. I get that. I get. I get that a lot, Bubba. And people say, <laughs> "Why? Why did you pick July?" And my answer is always the same: is I didn't pick the month. The month picked me. And <laughs> I, I tell you, it's uh, it's become a bit of a metaphor, but it's also going to be my legacy to whoever takes the baton for me to do this ride in the future when I'm too old. But, you know, there, there are worse things in life than uh, – and there's people dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety in their lives, not just veterans. Everybody's got their own issues. But, you know, getting on your Harley and, and sweating in 110-degree heat uh, through the southern route across this great nation and meeting – thousands of amazing Americans that come out and support who want to be led and want to be connected. It is a metaphor. And uh, I tell you that that'll be my legacy is there. Everybody's going to suffer a little bit and understand that, you know, there's worse things out there. So as well, long as you're moving, happy. you know, when you're moving, it's keep, a little cooler. Keep right? that yep. air, but now sometimes yeah. it's going to feel like a hairdryer, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. but, but, but that's all right. And leather and heat, aren't they just wonderful? <laughs> Yeah, Arizona's pretty pretty rough, and uh, it, it was 117 last year, and it felt like somebody had taken a hot iron and was laying it on top of my thigh as I was riding. The sun was just brutal, but it, despite taking off every morning pretty early before we hit peak hours, man, that, it's tough, man. And you get to that southern smile down in Houston, Louisiana, and Alabama, that humidity is relentless. Yeah, so, yes, yes. But we battle through. I stay hydrated. Uh, we got Hoist Beverage. They provide free product for us. Good. Uh, sunscreen and Wiley X, uh, veteran-founded eyewear company. They have been huge supporters of what we do. I, I, I just can't thank uh, all, of our, all of our sponsors like Grunt Style and Wiley X and Hoist and Law Tigers. And then all the people that come out and support us and, and you guys as well and Speedy and, and Brian that tied us in so we can share this message of greatness and, and really get as many people out there in, in Siluria uh, when, we, when we roll into Birmingham this uh, next week. It's going to be great. I hope to see you guys out there. Speedy better be there. Yeah, look, if Speedy's not there, speaking of somebody who needs sunscreen, I don't know if you've seen his head. But, and also, if you wouldn't mind, Scott, since you go on that ride and I'm looking at your, your awesome beard, could you do maybe some post where it, you just stop at each each uh, each city and then with every, and you just produce what you can find in your beard? You just start pulling it out. Well, here's this. I don't know what this is, and because uh, I bet that beard catches some stuff while you're rolling, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it sure does. So I might have to I might have to shore it up a little bit because there's a lot to tuck into the helmet. It yeah. adds heat, so I don't know. So we'll, what? We'll what, have to make adjustments. We got about a, a minute left. What what bike do you ride? What 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 type? I know everybody's going to ask that. Yeah, I got a Harley. It's a 06 Road King Custom. No windshield. It's all steel and leather. And I wear full leathers in the helmet. And uh, you know, I get a lot of a lot of flack from that. People trying to get me to get a upgrade bike, but uh, you know, when I'm bent over and I can't ride that that sled anymore, I'll, I'll think about it. But uh, we've got everybody coming out on the road with us, two guys. Not just Harley riders. Uh, there's people on spiders. If you're in a vehicle or a van and you want to roll with us from one of the stops, that's doable too. So. We invite and, and, and try and be as inclusive as possible for everybody to get out and be connected to meet the team that's on the road and then show up at all the stops. But uh, it's, it's a very physical ride, not just the heat, but the wind and the rain in East Texas sometimes. And uh, But, you know, we do it with love in our heart Amen. and uh, a, a real deep connection to our fellow veterans and the communities we serve. Well, we certainly appreciate yeah. you for what you have done Amen. and what you are doing. Amen. Sir. Thanks, Amen. guys. Thank uh, you. Find yeah. out uh, find out everything you need to know, but go to savethebrave.org. And, of course, uh, it goes through a lot of Rick and Bubba markets out there in, in California, Arizona, Texas. Uh, big presence in Texas, because that's a big place to try to ride across. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisiana, Alabama, and a couple of stops in Georgia. And for those of you that are in our home market of Birmingham, Alabama, there better be a huge welcome on the 24th. Uh, there in Alabaster, Alabama, where you uh, listen to us uh, either on ZZK or, or however you get the show. That's our home market, and we got to have a big showing. So uh, find all that information there. And, of course, if you want to find the book and you don't already have it, Echo and Ramadi uh, is available as well. So, uh, Major, thanks for being with us today. As Bubba said, thank you for your service, and thanks to all the veterans who have served us so well. And we do owe you and them uh, you know, a lot. So this is a great time to say thank you. Uh, and then thanks to each and every one of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.